Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 128, episode 3 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News because we're brave. Wow. It's Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. These masks are made for safety. That's just what they do. These healthcare workers need them if they're gonna save you. That is courtesy of Sarah Gottlieb. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Dodge the C-O-V-I-D. One, two, three, four, hide. Listen to the CDC and wash your hands upright. Okay, thank you to Caitlin Johnson at Ad Hoc Giraffe for that wonderful D-A-N-C-E dance justice inspired AKA. Thank you. Ad Hoc Giraffe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just trying to picture what one of those looks like. You believe. Or what an ad hoc giraffe. Um, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat uh, for the first act by the hilarious and talented sometimes co-host during this pandemic. Uh, Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! I'm not Jamie in quarantine. Don't you wish there were more TP missing Subway seafood sandwich? <laughs> I'm the greatest co-host on Mount Zyphor. I'm not Jamie and I'm in quarantine. I'm not Jamie. Don't want COVID-9. I'm not Jamie <laughs> and it's TDZ. Oh, it's the dinosaur song, you guys. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> was that okay? Right. That was, that was Legendary. Clayton, uh, that Legend. was from Clayton Smith at Spunky Diabetic. Spunky Diabetic. If you're uh, diabetic well, you we are stuff. thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by today's guest, the hilarious, the talented, Teresa Lee. <laughs> What's up? I don't have a song. Uh, What's up? Sweet quarantine. Uh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Your girl. Father long legs. There you go. Uh, how are you, How are you, Teresa? I am okay. Uh, you know, a little yeah. panicky. I feel like the times I don't panic is when I'm on a, 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 a video chat or a, a live stream. Never thought it would be the day, but here we are. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I can't talk Got to someone, I go on chat roulette just to kind of... <laughs> <There, laughs> wow, well, chat roulette, man, really missed the... Yeah, just, it's all about timing, I mean. Well, I Teresa, know. You've, you've been, like, hosting the best quarantine stream show. <laughs> yeah, Jamie did our show. Um, Jamie did a burlesque number. Um, did did Very, very wow. funny. May have shown some nip. Um, very that shocking, was a mis- hilarious. That was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel uh, like yeah. you've been doing a lot of live shows during the quarantine, a lot of live streaming comedy shows. Um, that is the illusion. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I, we started this <laughs> <laughs> We started this live stream show, and we've been doing it every weeknight, me um, and Barbara Gray and a producer, Sam Varela. So that's been kind of nice. It's sort of like, like an hour of interaction a day. It's weird mm-hmm. because it sort of feels like, oh, I'm getting ready to do a show. 
And then um, it's called Comedy Quarantine, but right after immediate dread, just as soon as you log off, immediate dread. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right, because you don't have like the hang after the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, it's just, yeah. and I'm by myself. That's yeah, what I've you been get. like. <laughs> For the comedians, you need like a separate Zoom meetings for the comedians to do like the post-show decompression drink, like without yeah. an audience around. They're like, yeah, all right, cool. Just to just to replicate that vibe, just to complain about our careers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gotten to the point where I'll uh, dress. I mean, I'm I'm in jeans today, which is pretty fancy for quarantine. But I've been oh, like getting dressed up okay. for the show. Like I'll put on uh, makeup, and the other day I put on perfume. Like who is that for? I don't know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's for you. That's the I just, ultimate. I like, wanted flex. to feel. <laughs> I wanted to feel like no, like I was going somewhere. You know, I don't know. I yeah, feel something, anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to feel a human touch. Uh, I don't know why I got so defensive inside when you said you were wearing jeans right now. I don't know why I felt that was (laughs) like an attack against me. I I didn't say anything, but I was like, oh my God, what the fucking wearing jeans right now? Who do you think you are? (laughs) Who are you trying to say I am? (laughs) Russell Athletic Athletic Cotton has become part of my DNA sequence. (laughs) I mean, I bet joggers are just flying off the internet stores i tried to order um nasa joggers did you know they have them they look really cool but they're sold out i think everywhere joggers are sold out i couldn't find a pair of sweatpants anywhere <laughs> like online they're just they're like no. <laughs> Wait, really there's i wonder if there yeah. is some sort of sweatpants shortage. yeah it was like saying that they couldn't deliver me a sweatsuit for like a month and i looked it many may be places. because the toilet paper it could be the, that they're like of the quarantine clothing it's not a necessary thing to ship right now so maybe we'll not prioritize those shipments fan I don't theory know. there's a global sweatpants shortage yeah i, like I think that, yeah. everyone <laughs> wants the sweatpants it's it's they're high in demand right now yeah, yeah. directly connected to the tabasco agreement that's fine i'm just gonna wear the same <laughs> pair of pants until i die and that's i'm okay with that it's the new normal uh, all right, Teresa, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, Forbes has released a list of people you can eat for dinner today, a.k.a. Right. Uh, their list of billionaires. Uh, the butthole cut of cats is real. We're going to talk about how we know that and what there still remains to be learned about that subject. We're going to talk about the Wisconsin election we're going to talk about uh, the press secretary. Uh, we're going to talk about who got the story of the coronavirus the most wrongest. Uh, mm. And we're going to talk about Quibi. A lot of Quibi. Quibi content. <laughs> oh, I'm so uh, we've been talking a lot about it. And we finally, we've been able to get put some Quib in our brain. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. The Quibi show I was working I on do is wonder halted if- production. Not to bring yeah, down. I wonder the mood. if anybody who doesn't work in the entertainment industry gives a shit at all about <laughs> no, Quibi. No, no. Half of our listeners, know. I would say no, not half. Eighty percent of Zeitgeist, like I would never fucking heard of Quibi until you guys just started getting so obsessed with <laughs> right. it. I am yeah, yeah. I am selfishly like I can't believe I can't bitch about Quibi IRL. <laughs> Having to bitch about Quibi remotely <laughs> is uh, yeah. unique. Does Quibi yeah. and I mean, what are the numbers on CISOs first days? Oh, I know we're not there yet, but I'm curious, like if they're the same, that oh, would be we'll get so there. Hard. 
I think it has good numbers compared to everything except for Disney Plus, but it right. has more money invested in it than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Disney Plus and or all, anything and else. And ironically, so. all Jeffrey Katzenberg ever wants to do is outdo Disney, and then he um, <laughs> uh, never does. Oh. <laughs> uh, but first, Teresa, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are or who we are at this moment? <laughs> Well, I've really just spent a lot of time alone. Uh, and so this, I researched this, I Googled this uh, yesterday because I remembered this story and I don't actually think it exists, but I Googled, was there a goddess that lost her powers? Because in my mind, I remember a Greek myth where this Greek goddess slept with a mortal and lost her powers, but fell in love and was so in love, she gave them up. But I couldn't find it. The closest thing I got was uh, Calypso that came up a bunch, but Calypso was a nymph in the Greek myth or Greek story of Odysseus. And he, um, she saved him. So she didn't lose her powers, but then she lost him. Mm, But I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe my subconscious is trying to tell me something. Do you feel like you're losing your powers? (laughs) Well, I don't think I have powers. Uh, No, I don't think I have powers, but uh, not magic powers. powers. Metaphorically Well, I guess we all do. You're right. Um, But no, I don't know. I just had this very strong memory of a story like this, and I couldn't find it. But then I did look up Calypso and uh, went down that path. And I think she's often seen in a negative light as like a seductress but when you read the story it's actually very interesting because she saves him from he like is about to die she saves him he loses his ship and then in the story Odysseus is like I will um just uh stay with you for seven years and just like sleep with you have kids with you but miss my wife the whole time and then Zeus eventually sends Hermes to um release Odysseus and Calypso pleads and she's like no but he's my husband and they're like no you're keeping him from his wife so then he she helps him build the boat to leave she's that in love with him that she helps him build the boat to leave her and she says before he leaves like why do the male gods get to go kidnap humans all the time and have them forever and when I do it you take him away from me but she lets him go and then, uh, and then I think huh. in the story it's debated, but apparently she just like pines for him and is like sad forever because she's immortal. <sighs> Meanwhile, he gets he goes home and gets rewarded. That. He's like rewarded for being loyal to his is. wife, but he's like having children and sleeping with all the nymphs. He's not loyal. He's uh, fine. I hate, I hate mythology. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what needs to be our a new podcast. You talk about <laughs> mythological people like there are celebrities. They're like he did what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Teresa, what is something you think is underrated? Um, I think uh, Janae Aiko is underrated. I've been really vibing with her new stuff and her old stuff. Even going back to listen to her old stuff, she's kind of been the same throughout, except now she's way more in her element. I feel like growing up, I listened to a lot of pop music and thought, oh, this is for me. And then I listened to Janae Aiko and I was like, oh, this is for me. Like I am her audience. (laughs) And she's so great. Uh, If you guys don't know her she's look her up she's amazing um but she has a song called pussy fairy and she has a line in it that i think is just so great it's like so um sensual but also like honest and doesn't feel it feels very female it's like the line is she's thinking about like how her pussy is so magical it's like 
a fairy. And she says, that dick make my soul smile. That dick make my, me so proud. I'm like, I love that line because it's such a like <laughs> beautiful interpretation beautiful. of sex. But also it is like sexual. It's not just like, oh, it's just, you know, wholesome. It's both. So I like it a lot. That's like right. aspirational. I've never yeah, looked at it and been like, I'm really proud of what's going on. There are going to be a lot of people in bed tonight sitting with their partner go, you know, honey, I just... I just don't know if that dick make my soul smile. <laughs> I'm going to tell Isaac his dick makes me proud and see if he has a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, I love Janae. Yeah, shout out to a fellow local LA Blasian. She's really dope. Her, I remember her yeah, yeah. sister was more famous. At first, her sister was mm. bigger than she was. And then her sister kind of fell to the back. And then, yeah, Janae became, yeah, doing her own thing. Because they were, were they both dancers? I don't know much about her sister. Actually. Her sister, uh, her performer name was Mila J, and she was like a singer mm. also. Um, but like, gotcha. I think, I don't, I don't know, I think around like the B2K time is when like Janae kind of started. Oh my God. Bump, bump, bump. Up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's a little Fizz's cousin. Uh, she's also <laughs> like, her and Big Sean are interesting too, because they, I feel like, make each other's music better, but their music is so. I mean, it's so different, but when they are together, they, I feel like it's very like raw and honest. So I like it a lot. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, it's like having two talented friends, but they're so transparent with their work. They're so like, <laughs> oh, right. This is about Sean again, huh? Cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Like the song fucking is, it bangs, but like, so, damn, fool. Like, so you that can only is, talk about Janae so long. I've never even thought about that. So is she she's proud of Big Sean's dick and it's his dick <laughs> yeah. that makes her soul he's the one that's making her soul smile. There's yeah. a lot of songs about that. Try Big not Sean's to think about that part, but you know. Dick. I mean Didn't man. he make like some Good very over the top brag about how like many times they had sex in one night? Was that Oh yeah, with- he made her come nine times in one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, on a track though. It's on a track yeah. that I think they sang together. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite, uh-huh. my favorite, my favorite, Sean, overly personal, petty song is that when that the I don't fuck with you about <laughs> Naya Rivera. Yeah. It's my favorite petty song oh, in yeah. the world. That's great. He was oh, so in so love with. Cute. I remember at the time they were dating. Like they, he, she came with him to do a radio appearance at the radio station I worked at, and they were so in love. It was a while. Like I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> Like, I want it like those two people. And they were like, the DJs were teasing, like, oh, so when is there going to be a kid? And like, I don't know. What do you think, honey? Like, maybe a year or something? They were full <laughs> on. Oh, what? Like, you know, you hate to see it. Wait, this is Big it. Sean and who? And Naya uh, Rivera. Naya from Naya. back in the day. Oh, right. They're, He's like uh, the like the popular him. girl in middle man. school that's always in a relationship. Like, he, like I feel like he's the that archetype. Right. Like he's just always yeah. like, this is my the one. Like we're going to homecoming, and it's like immediately decorate my locker to look <laughs> <Yeah>. like her. <laughs> right. The big Sean, the big in his name is his big heart. He he has a lot of love to give. Aww. He's a That's very nice. spiritual um, guy. He's a very yeah. spiritual guy though too. He like listens to a lot of weird out there spiritual tapes. Well, that's what happens at the end of I Don't Fuck With You. He's he's like yelling at Naya Rivera. He's like, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. You're a bitch, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he's like, but I've found God and I'm dating Ariana Grande. And that was like, that's how the song ends. It's really funny. Uh, so but I've moved on. Good. And I've moved on, so it's fine, you know, because that's... Right. And I'm sure that I'm things are so. going to go perfectly with Ariana. So screw you, Naya Rivera. Nothing ever went wrong with her at someone's side. No, no, no. Right. Oh, I, I do love the celebs. I'm wearing, wait, guys, look at my shirt. 
There it is. It's Ariana. (laughs) It is Ariana. What is uh, something you think is overrated? Uh, purses. Uh, I'm going to go with fashion on that one. I, I, uh, used to have a lot of purses, love purses, realize, I think basically since I moved to LA, I haven't used a purse really, except for, you know, I basically use backpacks and totes. I mean, look, you can come at me. It's not very fashionable or stylish, but (laughs) you can come at me. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't missed anything for you. (laughs) I just mean like, I haven't missed a thing, you know, like I, I didn't realize I would go so long without one. I think it started as just like, I stopped caring. And then I realized I haven't used a purse in years and my life is fine. So I don't think we need them. I think they're overrated. I think I have a purse, but I it's so dirty that I don't think of it as a purse. <laughs> right. You would never deign to describe it as a purse in public. It's just a small, dirty bag I carry around. Is a tote smaller than a purse? Yeah. Uh, no, it's bigger than a purse. Tote is bigger than a purse. Yeah. 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 Tote's kind of like what you put your groceries in. But sometimes if I'm just like shit. going to the gym. I'll, oh, got yeah. it, got it, got it. Do you think like it's a... You know, like I feel like our moms would never mm. not carry a purse. Like yeah. that's they define their femininity or their womanhood <laughs> by adultness by having a purse. And do you think like just for like us or younger, we're just like, I don't know, it's like a fucking it's not as functional unless you like <laughs> you're super into the flex of a purse. Well, I bet that it was like more like culturally more relevant for women to have purses when their clothes didn't have as many pockets. Like, it was <laughs> right. just like you just literally didn't, because they used to call them like pocket books, because you're just like, oh yeah, we're yeah. not allowed to have pockets. So and I guess you have phones to have too. Either. Right, yeah, and we're also not allowed to read or vote. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the closest women yeah, were allowed tell, to get tell them, to books. Tell them that's a book. Yeah, just tell them that's a book. <laughs> just, I don't know. I have friends who are still will spend a lot of money on purses and will be Purse like, game? oh, this can't touch the ground, like that kind of thing. Mm. and i mean i just feel like it's a scam like it's it's totally a scam (laughs) purses are a scam (laughs) you're spending more money to put less money in it like i don't even know (laughs) carrying around that much cash it's probably the most expensive thing they own you know the thing you hold your actual cash (laughs) in shouldn't be more than the value of the cash (laughs) you're putting within it yeah 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 totally uh, finally, what is a myth? What's uh, something people think is true you know to be false? Okay, I'm going to make the, this as short as possible, but it, it is a little bit bananas. Okay, because I've been thinking about the singularity a lot. And uh, and mm. basically, I had a conversation with my dad, too, where um, he's a very smart engineer, but also is a born again. And I've come to believe that he might not believe in evolution. Um, but oh, well. he's justified it to me in interesting ways. And we just got in this conversation about uh, religion. And then basically what I realized, and I think this is true, but it doesn't mean anything people believe is false, is that truth itself, even as if it's objective, will never find an objective truth because by processing it, like I'll give you an example, the color red. We have different names for it in different countries. We all believe we're seeing the same red. There's no way to truly know if we're seeing the same red because by seeing it, you're going to have different reactions to it. Like you may feel love, you may feel hate, you might think it's blood, whatever. It's still red objectively, but by processing it, it's different. So let's say someone slaps you in the face and they're like, objectively, you were slapped. But depending on how often you've been slapped in life, if you grew up getting hit, if you've never been hit, if you like that person, that slap is going to have a different effect on you. Therefore, there's no such thing as objective truth. 
we got into this because we're talking about religion and what's true and whether there's a heaven and hell. He thinks I'm going to hell. Uh, he still loves me, though. He doesn't want me to go. So <laughs> I oh, basically oh, was like, the, tr oh, <laughs> the truth going. is might exist somewhere, but it doesn't really matter because people are looking at it. Therefore, we have to figure out what it means when we process it and how to live in a society. Like we're not all going to come at truth from the same point of view. So there's no one there's no one way to live. Anyways, does that make yeah, sense? <laughs> I feel like that's Yeah, no, that totally that's makes intense. sense. I feel like that is essentially like one of the key defining differences between the conservative viewpoint and the you know, progressive viewpoint is conservatives believe there is like one objective truth and they think it's like completely absurd that you would suggest that uh, th that there isn't. And they think that all uh, all of the evils of the modern world come from like cultural relativism and moral relativism. And I I agree with you. That is that is also one of the most quar uh, conversations. I think as the, I as the quar continues, like I feel like we're just like calling up people, being like, "So let's get into it." Like, yeah, just... dude. <laughs> all right, full. How many how many hours of Alan Watts lectures did you just listen to right. on YouTube right now? Right. Fuck like, okay, yeah. so I've enrolled in the great courses, and I have a couple of thoughts. Like the, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that people have been sending me and I don't know that I want to watch any of them because I talk about the singularity a lot and I spend a lot of time alone now. Obviously, I've been talking about it a lot and I'm getting the <laughs> wrong type of reply, guys. Like the type where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be in this community of people who talk about the singularity. <laughs> like people are responding and sending me videos. And they're like, oh, check this out. They talk about this. And I'm like, this isn't what I meant. And like, I feel like you have a different idea. Like, it's I'm talking about us like being har harmonic, not like you being better than me. But there's a, I'm getting sent videos of I don't know the guy that's, you mentioned, but stuff like that where it's like uh. that's like brave of you to engage. I feel so close to the edge right now that I not the not the man that I but I feel so, so close. I feel so close. To, I feel close to Bono. You feel close to the edge. But I just that's... I just think that any like online wormhole could be the thing that breaks me you know i'm just like <laughs> being very careful um well shit that was that was a very profound conversation to go into our first break <laughs> on uh we will be back shortly with uh all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back And we're back. And uh, Forbes has released their list of billionaires. Um, the the article starts off being like, even billionaires get the coronavirus. Um, oh, boy. Overall, it, the richest people on earth are not immune to the coronavirus is literally the uh, <laughs> first sentence of the article, the richest in 2020, world's billionaires list. Um, what? The fuck are they? I mean, okay, fine. Way to like dox yourself uh, amid like all this fucking <laughs> anger towards the one percent. Be like, and here's the Arias list of 2020. Right. It's it's weird because they actually have it uh, on a map where they're like, here are the billionaires who live in your city. Um, which, yeah, I mean, 
That's wild. There's there's 50 billionaires in uh, the Los Angeles area. Uh, Elon Musk is is close by. Uh, still, I don't think has uh, given a car to Morgan Murphy, who he stole the tweet from. Oh right, uh, dude. I, yeah. I I try and launch this Forbes website to look at this because like a full on interactive list. I think I'm too poor for the website to work <laughs> properly on my computer. Like I've, I'm I'm use all kinds of internet all the time. For whatever <laughs> reason, this fucking page won't open properly. It like crashes. It is very glitchy. You're always for bragging me. about how you use all kinds of the internet all the time. <sighs> you know, guys, I use all kinds of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to keep this is just a, a website that it's like a VPN specifically for billionaires to check out each other. Right, right, right. Uh, it's and a dating site. allowed to watch it. I mean, it makes sense um, like to have, I mean, or not make sense, but it's good to actually have this because it helps you understand that it's not like that there's like only 20 billionaires in the world. Like it's an entire whole group, whole crew. Uh, and you can kind of begin like, you do a little research and you're like, oh, right, this person has so much money because they have- Let me put it in- these terms, there are three billionaires in Reno. <laughs> Boom. It's so weird Boom. because like I I talked to somebody about the idea of like why it's so crazy to have that much money and be sad about losing because people with that much money will like, you know, bet on re- really like, you know, money markets and things and they'll be willing to lose like a lot at once. But then I'm like, if you're willing to lose a million, couldn't you just like... You could literally give like just give two million dollars to you know to this community or something, and they, that's not how they think. And that's when yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying that you. Some people work hard and get money, but there's no way you can get to that point and have like a good conscience. Like if you're just losing well, no, money, yeah, you, you for get fun. there by you know, having, if you're gambling. Yeah, you get there yeah. by having no conscience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the it's the way that they get there that m- means that they will never think of money the way that we do like i i always think of that uh trump story where he like they uh this magazine was like trying to find out who was the greediest and stingiest of all the millionaires in new york in the 80s and so they sent them increasingly smaller checks (sighs) and the only millionaire who cashed everyone down to i think it was like (laughs) 25 (laughs) cents was donald trump oh my god Um, yeah uh guys let's talk about the butthole cut people want it man yeah a daily beast investigative report finds that they had to do hours of tireless <laughs> visual effects work to erase all the buttholes. Um, yeah. The only detail I don't <laughs> fully buy from the story is they make it sound like the buttholes just naturally uh, migrated onto... This is... We're talking about cats, by the way, in case people aren't The movie cats, the, not the, movie. the animal. The movie cats. <laughs> Adaptation. Yes. <laughs> So basically, they <laughs> they interviewed a source who worked on the VFX of the movie, uh, and that source said when they were halfway through, someone finally noticed the buttholes. We paused it, a source who worked on the film's visual effects said. We went to call our supervisor, and we're like, there's a fucking asshole in there. There's <laughs> buttholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't prominent, but you saw it, and you were just like, what the hell is that? There's a fucking butthole in there. It wasn't in your face, but at the same time, too, if you're looking, you'll see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The source goes on to state that no one flat out ordered buttholes added to the digital cat people. <laughs> and that is the thing that I dis I don't believe because that is that is a choice. We got like, buttholes. That is a big choice. Somebody ordered buttholes yeah, like, in here? Yeah, somebody nope, definitely, definitely not. Like those don't just like naturally migrate into a movie. Like that was somebody's vision that they were like, we need buttholes on these cats. That is the that's the uh, journalistic work that I feel like still needs to be done on this story. I uh, wonder who because somebody yeah. had to fight to get those buttholes in there in the first place. Fought or like I don't know. I mean, part of me just thinks like. I wonder culturally if the artist who was doing like the renderings isn't American. Like if you would just draw a butthole on a cat because that's just part of like if you did a cat drawing, you'd kind of represent mm. the butthole in some way. So maybe it was just about butthole representation, not butthole erasure. It's very um, clear you but, have cat smiles based on what you're saying. Cause yeah, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, they got buttholes, man. Like, you see the, you see a cat's butthole if you spend a lot of time around a cat. Well, because their cat, their tails right. go straight. It's yes. like a dog. <laughs> a lot of dogs, their their tail covers their asshole. But you know, with a cat, right. they they see you and they greet you. Their tail goes up, and from back you're like, oh yeah, they got the they got a fucking butthole. That's right. If you ask someone sometimes. to name like the top five traits of a cat that you feel like make a cat. I do feel like butthole would make that list. I mean, I think ears and whiskers probably top. But yeah, I think I think butthole would make that list. Even before whiskers or fur, I would <laughs> oh, say before. butthole. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we'll it, see. You, I feel like you share something in common with somebody on the VFX staff, yeah. and I just want to know, <laughs> like. We have the story of how the buttholes got taken out. I want the first part, the yeah. story of how the buttholes got put in, because that is a choice, whether whether it's accurate or not. Somebody like had to decide and had to study cat assholes right. to like figure out and then figure out like what they would look like on a cat that is in human form. Um, and then the only other thing we need, we desperately need a visual for this because there's oh, yeah. still no visuals on what. I mean, that's why they must release the cut, you know, um, otherwise we're just going to be speculating in our, our made for TV docudrama about this whole saga called how did I get here? The cat's butthole <laughs> right. cut story. Has someone yeah. made a, you know, an a, a unsanctioned version of cats with buttholes yet? I feel like that must exist. Uh, that's a lot of, that's I, a lot of frames you'd have to paint, but yeah, it's be a labor of <laughs> yeah. love. That's true. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like even just, I just want to see like a YouTube video where one of the people who had to remove the buttholes like adds <laughs> the buttholes back, so right. that we like know what they looked like. Because I mean, clearly they spent a lot of time looking at them. I'm Look, sure they would be exactly. Able to... It's gonna be. I'll tell you this much: it'll. It's easier to just show us the buttholes because they were there in the first place than to paint mm-hmm. them right. and take them away. So just show us what you got. What are yeah. your hopes for the butthole? I mean, are you feeling like expectations wise, if you see them, do you feel you'll be disgusted? You know, Will you be generally, is it profound? Is it and just beautiful? generally in my in my life I've learned not to have too much expectation around a butthole. So okay. I'm just right. going to yeah, I'm just going to just take it as it comes, you know, and just be mm. there and be yeah. open. It's good to keep yeah, op- I, stay open about those buttholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Cute. immature. <laughs> Butthole openness is an important uh, trait I find in a in a podcast co-host. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
But I'm I'm more interested in what like when I see it, I'm interested in <laughs> what my reaction is and what what it teaches me about myself. The wild you shit know, is, feel, I'm looking to learn about myself. Jack, you or I have never even seen fucking cats. You've never I seen know. cats. <laughs> no. Wow. But I was no. in cats. Like, Actually, I don't know. I'm curious what that in- butthole cut gonna do to me though. <laughs> Let's talk about Wisconsin uh, yeah. real quick. Let's uh, shoehorn some serious news in because uh, the governor tried to delay voting, uh, but since the state is mostly controlled by uh, Republican goblins, the party decided that it was a good idea for the people of Wisconsin to uh, go vote out in public during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just... Uh you know, the governor initially was like, maybe it should be to like June. Uh, you know, that makes sense at the very least. And then we can reassess from there. But like you said, Republicans are like, now nah, let's try and figure out how we can disenfranchise voters, you know, as aggressively as possible. Um, and, you know, once that didn't work, he tried to get mail-in ballots, at least to buy people a little bit longer, like till April 13th, I believe, something like that to get their ballots in. And that decision was eventually overturned by the fucking Supreme Court of the United States in a five to four decision. Um, And yeah, you look at there's like people in five hour lines in like Milwaukee. Uh, Again, this the state has had shelter in place or sort of like stay at home orders for two weeks. Yet they are saying go in line and risk you the safety of yourself and your community, your household. Uh, because, you know, there's just enough assholes on the other side of the coin to be like, yeah, yeah, let's just force this. Let's just make this happen and see what happens then. Yeah, that's so messed let's up. see how many, how many billionaires are in Wisconsin. Because <laughs> it's also not even like, it's like all in place for them to not do this. It's not like, it's, it's not like the wheels are so in motion you can't. So it really does feel like so unnecessary at that point. No, and I mean, it's... It, yeah. Freaking like, you know, the NBA can cancel, Coachella can cancel, like everything has, you know, plans, like plans are being ruined. It's not like you're, this would be the only thing that has to readjust, but it's totally within the realm of possibility to, yeah. to adjust and for the greater good. So it's like, the, why? The only thing <sighs> I think you can argue like wouldn't be movable is like some kind of space launch that actually requires like celestial alignment to like get uh-huh, like a like trajectory, a math, yeah. right? Or like a fucking eclipse. Yeah, yeah right. The eclipse, the eclipse doesn't know about fucking COVID-19. I, I mean, I partially was just theorizing this, but we're not that far from being able to go to the moon for fun for people. And if this all lines up, I mean, people are going to be getting the fuck off of Earth. We're probably still kind of far, but I don't know how long craziness is going to ripple after we handle coronavirus. And I think the moon is going to seem like a very real option very soon. But what is the moon but a glorified cruise ship? Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what I'm scared of. You I'd get be like, up there yeah. and it's just a yeah. big tank. It's full just of quarantine, though. We're all prepared to go people. to space. We. Li- what if this is Elon yeah. Musk's way to prepare us for isolation <laughs> so that we'll all want to buy? <laughs> okay, fine. Too far. All right. All right. Um, yeah, I feel like Elon Musk, they had to like literally pull the plug on his factory. Like they yeah. he had to be threatened legally before he would stop sending people to work in his factories. He's a bad person when it comes mm-hmm. to how he treats his employees. It's pretty fucked. Well, guys, uh, big news. The, the white smoke has come out of the White House, and we have a new press secretary. Thank God. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody is thrilling uh, to this news. <laughs> Stephanie Grisham was the White House press secretary. 
uh, which she, I think maybe the very first White House press secretary in the history of that position who never had a single press briefing as nah, press secretary. That's fucking chill, dude. That I mean, it's so... She has a hard job. There was a fucking quote I remember when she was first working where she was like, ah, oh, man, like, I'm so tired. Like, but... <laughs> I just got to be able to keep up with the president. That's all. And it's like, we've never heard you actually do the job of a press secretary. So whatever the, uh, you know, what's going on, it's clearly because Mark Meadows is now chief of staff in the White House and he wants to get a fucking proper goon in there. And they've got one in Kaylee McEnany, who's like, you know, she's a campaign spokesperson, but even before this was always defending the president. She's the kind of like blonde haired, like, you know, cold blue-eyed monster woman who says shit on Fox <laughs> News like if Ilhan Omar hates America so much why doesn't she just leave and like does it with like that very straight face where you're like okay I'm talking to a fucking like troll machine so uh having someone who is you know also went to Harvard so that means qualified uh in the president's eyes that she'll be a very capable liar and shameless, just, you know, fucking monster, probably, if, if she even has a press briefing. But based on how she speaks already, she looks like she's a, a great fit for that merry band of racists. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, so she's a Fox News person. Yeah, she's she, an American spokesperson, political commentator and writer, former CNN contributor. Shout out to CNN. Yeah. <laughs> And a spokesperson for the RNC, yeah. She was on Trish Reagan's show, the woman who got let go because she was like, this is an impeachment hoax, this whole coronavirus thing. And when she was still on the air, Kaylee McEnany comes on and she's like, the president will never allow a sickness to enter this country. The coronavirus will never enter this country. Not a single American will be affected by this. Terrorists will not enter this country. Just like, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't like even a, a science teacher tell you to never speak in absolutes? <laughs> but- Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's the kind of that's the kind of energy she's bringing to the mic. I almost yeah. feel like with the the messaging of the White House now, it's not even because we've already moved past the point of holding anybody accountable for um, or being able to hold them accountable for lies, and their followers don't care. But I feel like it's almost at a point where it's like gambling. Like he's they the followers of like Trump's like crazy lies just like to feel like they're winning. Like, even if they know they're not, it's like literally gambling because he could just say like, I'll never let a terrorist in. And then that moment they feel that high of like, yeah, we'll never. And then if a terrorist comes in, he'll say something else and they'll be like, yeah, we won. And they never go back to look at how they lost because it's for them. It's all yeah. about just like delaying the losing feeling and continuing the high of like, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. So we're looking at it, trying to actually make a better tomorrow and fix it. But they're just trying to like have a good high right now. Well, Keep it's, the yeah. high going, yeah. Yeah, it's easy it's to like talk shit. It's like a gambling shit. addict. Especially especially when like nothing ends, like comes to your doorstep because you'll never actually, you might not have yeah. to ever experience it and it's easier in your own mind, whether it's probably because you're scared to death that something could happen to you. It's like you just got to scream till your eyes bleed that it's never going to happen. Nothing ever bad will ever happen to me. I'm covered in the blood of Christ. It is literally <laughs> kind of like an addict um, mentality, his followers, because- there's no such thing as a rock bottom for them because they can keep going like, well, we haven't hit it yet. But you could literally pick any moment and be like, that was a rock bottom. It's time to give up on your terrible orange yeah. leader and move on. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all comes, about yeah. your frame of reference. And I just don't think they're ever going to have their moment of clarity because they have too much kind of tied up in the the narrative that mm -hmm. they've been following all along. So, I mean, that's a story we have on here is there's now... You know, the the right wing media 
is now sort of doing revisionist uh, narrative where it was the mainstream media who never took it seriously and they're over <laughs> overstating how many oh from the right wing media didn't take it seriously. So the New York Times wrote a fairly straightforward account of, you know, the right wing media Trump industrial ecosystem getting the story of coronavirus wrong. There's some really good stuff like a fireside chat with Dennis Prager of Prager oh, U, where, where, <laughs> where he uh, like well into, I think it was after uh, the NBA had closed down, he had a fireside chat where he said, how many people have died this year in the United States from snake bites? I mean, come on. Like mm-hmm. saying that, you know, it's not, this was on March 12th. So yeah, it was the day after the NBA uh, had closed down and people started taking this shit mm-hmm. seriously. And he was like, it's just as deadly as anything. Like, lots of people die every year. Uh, you know, what about snake bites? Which is amazing because uh, less than 10 people die of snake bites every year <laughs> in the United States. Like, he picked oh the thing God. that is, like, so not deadly. Yeah. Well, that meant that e- argument is also flawed because it's not saying, like, these deaths are replacing those snake bites. They're additional deaths. Like Trump tweeted about how the flu was killing 20,000 people. And what I got from that was we should also do something about that number then. Like it doesn't just because there's more deaths doesn't mean the same number. That's like how math works. If two times 20,000 is 40,000. So that's more deaths. Not it doesn't negate. They don't cancel each other out. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't just have a whole wing of a hospital that we were not using that are just ready for these 11,000 fresh deaths to Mm -hmm. just pile in there. And that's the problem. But yeah, so they're starting the process. There was a National Review article that was like, the conservatives were not the only ones who underestimated the threat. And it's just bullshit. Like all the quotes they're pulling are from the very, very early stages of the coronavirus threat. Like they're just comparing basically things Trump and Fox News were saying after it was clear and after scientists were like, this is a really huge problem to you know, things, the mainstream media, which still completely full of shit and I don't trust them at all, but, uh, they were at least a little bit earlier than the conservative media and Trump getting this right. Uh, one thing I missed that the New York times article raises is they were reporting on survivor stories and contrasting them with the absolute panic over the coronavirus on March 13th, Fox and friends ran a segment featuring a 65 year old woman who said she caught the virus and barely had any symptoms. And host Steve Ducey asked about the, quote, absolute panic and noted the concern about older people in particular. Well, look at that, he said to the woman. But you were over 60, and it doesn't seem to have been a big deal to you, right? And then that interview got picked up by Rush Limbaugh, who, you know, 15.5 million people listen to him. So, yeah. That was March 13th. That was like after we were all sheltering in place. They were like, ah, look, you survived it. So that's one example. Yeah, it's. I think it's just a t- the, the only sort of recourse they have now is to try and point fingers because it seems like I think someone's already trying to sue Fox News for downplaying their, their coverage of it and how it was going to lead to, you know, people's deaths. Uh, and, you know, this yeah. is just... It's just fucking dark that the motive of a lot of people who are really in the in the in the tank for Trump is that like the only outcome they're seeking is 
like serves their ego or their sense of pride over another group of people. It's not actually intangible outcomes in their quality of life. Like if if they could make every liberal cry, but their house had to burn down and they would suffer third degree burns, they would do it. And I think mm, that's yeah. it wouldn't even be like, here's a binary. You can suffer your, your tr- tremendous loss, but maybe see your opponent in this perceived like game uh, be, you know, to to be distraught be or you can have a better quality of life and maybe, you know, not have to worry about medical bills or your children's education and their upward mobility. And they'd be like, no, no, no. Give me the thing where the people cry on TV. I want that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just fuck. I mean, and the stakes are just so fucking high now, especially with a lot of the stats too, seeing how much the coronavirus affects people of color, especially black and brown people and, uh, native and, and native people, uh, just with their access and lack of access to proper trauma centers, to ventilators, the fact that, uh, healthcare for African-American people, like we're sicker than white people. We uh, are we're typically commuting longer distances and having to be on mass transit. There's just so much where a lot of people, I think we're looking at this and be like, you know, it touches everybody. But the other part that I think, you know, we'll probably begin to get more coverage in the, in the media too, is seeing that like, you know, in Louisiana, I think 70% of like the major cases of people who have like being hospitalized are black in Michigan. It's a disproportionate number all around you. Look, we haven't seen much out of Chicago, New York, but yeah, yeah Chicago is the same thing. There's going to be this, yes, it's an equalizer in the sense that we are only seeing how much more work needs to be done for things to be equal. But I don't, there's still these disparities are playing out in very, very dark and traumatic ways. Yeah, I even saw an article today about how um, it's harder for people of color to wear masks in certain places walking around because then they're discriminated against when they cover their face. And that's something that, you know, a lot of white people don't even have to think about. And, you know, the government's recommending everybody wear masks. And, yeah. you know, there's talk of making it mandatory. But then there's people there's people on your neighborhood that might, you know, put you in danger if they are scared of you. And so it's like that's another layer that people aren't thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. It's not uh, a great equalizer. It's more of a, a great sort of amplifier of all the things that are wrong in the country. And, you know, a, a crisis allows people... Uh, who are wealthy to have even more advantages and, you know, it just makes everything, all the things that already exist, all the dynamics that already exist, it makes them life and death. It's fucking not good. Yeah, not she... great. Th- there was a... Did you see that Megan Amram tweet that was saying, Corona is a blacklight and America is a cum-stained hotel room? <laughs> yeah, that's really... It's very, very well put. Yeah, it's a fucking mess in here. <laughs> It's a better metaphor than amplify. Yeah, uh, it's a failed state. It's a failed state. Failed state. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about what's on all our <laughs> listeners' minds everywhere <laughs> around this great land, Quibi. And we're back. So Quibi, real quick for anybody who missed the previous episodes where we talked about this, it is an app where everything is specifically shot to uh, format to your phone. Uh, so it's like taller than uh, most content. You can watch it either way, horizontal, port up, vertical, whatever. It's optimized for no matter your position. So tight, so tight. Um, <laughs> and... This solves a problem that everybody was having, uh, and so <laughs> they 
they they have been like in Los Angeles. There's been for a couple years now, just tons and tons of money being poured into these productions for Quibi, which it, you know is this app that just launched two days ago. Uh, and I don't know. I was always a little bit skeptical just because I've seen this happen on much smaller scales. Uh, when we were back at Cracked, and there was this thing called Milk that was like for Samsung phones and it was like just a proprietary app where we would like put all this content uh, on this app and like nobody used it. Nobody saw it. They like poured all this money into it and it was just, I feel like it's people are more likely to stream content places where they already exist. So like if you already have Amazon prime, then They'll go to Amazon Prime, but like yeah. you can't just like force their hand, maybe. And it's not cheap know. either. It's like five bucks or something, four bucks it's a like, month. I think it's like, like seven bucks a month for the premium. It's not yeah, cheap. Yeah, I think it's, it's seven ninety nine yeah. or something. Yeah, right. If you don't want ads, <laughs> but it's basically fucking YouTube. It's just YouTube, mm-hmm. but shot on mm-hmm. on like Alexas, like shot on really nice cameras. It's like <laughs> Which the you can't highest even tell because it's so small. It's yeah, like, and uh, th- they started off. With controversy, like in our text thread, Jamie sent a thing that from the everything is terrible people who, you know, they collect like weird video, VHS, performance art and media and things like that. There's a show on Quibi called Memory Hole hosted by Will Arnett. And Memory Hole was even a YouTube channel curated by the everything is terrible people. And the logos were the same, like Quibi (laughs) just full on ripped off another a media media group like company's whole brand and content essentially uh and it was wild because like will arnett's like it's a great day for the new show and the the replies were just like fuck you this was stolen you probably didn't some people were like hey you probably didn't know but this is trash you fucking loser uh you sorry you maybe didn't know the creator is just a quote-unquote rip-off artist and the the creator the guy who created this show, I think Scott Vrooman or something, he was like deleting IG comments where people, I don't know, it got very, it got very, very weird. But that didn't (laughs) stop me from watching some Quibi because we've been trying to figure out what this is going to be. I watched the first episode of Punked, um, hosted by Chance the Rapper with Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, It was fucking lame. It was a gorilla suit (laughs) bit. So I'm like, Great. Chance the Rapper, fantastic. Megan the Stanley, great. But like the quality of the punks, the the old gorilla <laughs> suit bit? Come on, man. No. Wait, what do you mean by a gorilla suit bit? What like is a guy in a, a gorilla, gorilla suit. suit and it's like, you know, like any prank show where it's like, uh-oh, the go- a gorilla's on the loose. It was just a gorilla's on the loose what? bit where like, yeah, Megan the Stallion's like dog. Someone took her dog. She had to go get her dog from someone who, and it, it was like off the leash or whatever. Basically, to get her to this point where it seemed like this guy had this gorilla in a cage. And at one point when her friend has the dog, the gorilla busts out of the cage. It's like, no, the gorilla. Okay. And <laughs> the I'm so confused why there's, that. There's nothing. Oh, you mean confused why they thought that was good? Yeah. Yeah, I don't and know. What? <laughs> I mean, so literally- does it look like an actual gorilla? Or it looks like a person in a gorilla suit and they're... The bit is like she's she's so confused why there's somebody in a gorilla suit in a cage. No, 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 no. They wanted like she to thought it was a real reality. gorilla. Yes, they wanted it to look like they she saw a guy be pummeled nearly to death by a gorilla who broke out of a cage. Wait, like, I have a, a question. 
Yes. Did the did the gorilla have a butthole? <laughs> wow. So I'll important. have to I will this is have why to pause and just check. Teresa asks the hard hitting <gasps> questions. I, it may have, but yeah, it it was just a lot of there's another show with Lena Waithe where it's a sneaker show called You Ain't Got These. And I'm like, oh hell yeah, like I like sneakers. Like Lena like her kick game is serious, so I feel like this is gonna be an interesting thing. It felt like a weird branded video. Like there wasn't a, <laughs> it moved so fast and it was so broad. I'm like, this, it was almost like, I think they were doing the work of trying to introduce someone to sneaker culture. But if you like mm. sneakers, you'd be like, this is wasted on me. Like get to the fucking, the real shit. Um, and then the Nicole Richie thing, I had to turn off in the middle of it where she was doing <laughs> comedy. Wait, I watched it's that. A, it's a comedy show with Nicole Richie. She's yeah. like a rapper. I watched it because my friend Jared is in it, and he's great. But um, yes, I agree with you. It feels like they're tr- they're trying to make it like there's so much niche content you can get whatever you want, but then also make everything niche so broad that's like this is for no one. Like who is yeah. going to watch that? I don't know. Yeah. Unless your friends, like yeah. literally the only things I've been watching are things to support friends who sold a show. And I'm like, cool, I watched that. That's great. But I'm like, if I was just a person in middle America, I don't know what would draw me. It feels like like gas station entertainment with a higher budget. Like it's like, if it's on, I might look <laughs> at it for a few minutes and that's it. Like the video at the gas pump? Yeah, at the pump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what they should be. That should be their model. <laughs> That, that yeah, should be their model it. is just sell, yeah, selling their content to gas stations around the country. I watched one episode of the Will Forte show, which was pretty funny. Like, seems like a solid network sitcom, mm-hmm. except they can swear on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched this Liam Hemsworth, the lesser Hemsworth. I think he's considered the lesser <laughs> Hemsworth, right? I don't He's know. He's the one that married um, no, Miley Cyrus, right? Don't get me involved. <laughs> hey, man. You know how I am on the Hemsworths. I'm don't hands, get me involved. Hands off on the Hemsworths. <laughs> it just seems like a, like a sub-24 show that's like trying to be 24, where it's like this guy is being offered an ungodly amount of money if he agrees to be hunted like for sport. And he's on heroin? No, he's not on heroin. Oh. He's a he's a great athlete who has uh, cancer. Oh, so it's just like a very kind of standard NBC drama uh, slash action show, and then he goes into the office of the rich guy, and it's Christoph Waltz. It's like what the okay. fuck? Wait, why is Christoph Waltz in this? Like, <laughs> uh, and he's he's decent, but it's like the writing is even sub like NBC level. So it it just feels weird. It feels it's, it's all sorts of different levels of quality, like mashed up in right. each one of these shows. I'm still reserving my final judgment because I still want to see Barkitecture. That was something I've been clocking <laughs> since the, I first heard. Cause I just feel like that, that would be some good toilet show to watch. Like literally when you're on the toilet and <laughs> then a, the other one is the cleaning one. The cleaning one, I feel like I have to see. Like the the people who enter the same room of like similar filth and have to get it as spotless as possible. That's another one mm. I feel like I could get behind. Wait, what's architecture? Is it building dog houses or is it dogs yeah. building things? 
Oh God, I prefer dogs building things, but it's like opulent <laughs> dog houses. Okay. It's cut together like it's a reality show where there's like they're moving towards a goal, but like the dog just never builds anything. Oh my god, like a flipper flop type Drag. show. But the two main characters yeah. are dogs and they're looking at like an empty house like and then like the construction workers like, all right, yeah, so we'll expose the beams there. All right. <laughs> The Will Forte show is a, uh, and it's Kaylin Olson. She's amazing. Is a spoof of like those flipper flop type shows. Mm. Ah, got it. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the content that people are actually clamoring <laughs> for, and that is Doctor Fauci merchandise. Boy. So same thing that we saw with Robert Mueller back during the Russia investigation is happening with. Uh, Dr. Fauci now for uh, that they've there's a, an Italian meal at a restaurant that is named after him. They're donuts with his photograph on them somehow uh, that have oh. become very popular. Uh, the Internet's full of T-shirts, bumper stickers, prayer candles, uh, mugs bearing his face. Uh, you can even buy a replica of his high school basketball jersey, no. which is actually kind of tight. A Fauci Whoa. throwback? <laughs> yeah, Fauci throwback. He was the starting uh, point guard. or Actually, I don't know what position he played, but he was the captain of uh, Regis' high school basketball team. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that means. A doctor and an athlete. Yeah. And a human. Wait, wait, what I school? mean, in high school. But oh, Regis that's in Manhattan. Manhattan. It's like it. a, yeah, it's like a rich school. Uh, I think it's the school that um, <laughs> Gossip Girl was like based on. Oh, the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame, uh, which is apparently a thing, is selling a Dr. Fauci bobblehead. Uh, according to their C- CEO, bobbleheads are quote the ultimate honor. <laughs> um, the CEO of the National <laughs> Bobblehead uh, Hall of Fame, which would be easier to believe if the same website didn't sell a Cato Kalen bobblehead. <laughs> No, there's a Cato Kalen bobblehead. Yeah, of course there is. Oh boy, the guy who lived in OJ's back house has his own bobblehead. What? And then some guy even made a video game in which Dr. Fauci shoots germs with lasers from his eyeballs. Oh my Um, God. So that's just the internet being good at interneting. Hell yeah. Uh, There's also a petition to have Dr. Fauci be People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Good, 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 good. And is on track Mm -hmm. to reach its goal of 5,000 signatures, at which point absolutely nothing will happen. Yeah, also (laughs) 5,000. That's Online petitions don't mean shit. Pathetic. 5,000, you only have 5,000 people horny enough for Dr. Fauci. He deserves better, America. (laughs) He definitely does deserve better. Like I, I could actually see him making the list for sure because they throw curveballs on that list every once in a while. Yeah, yeah maybe he could be person of the year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, he's not blowing my hair back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and maybe that's a hot take right now. I'm just not. I'm not feeling the Fouch right now. Tony's not doing it for me. The I looked up the basketball thing, and the first picture that came up in the article about him playing basketball is like him kind of like seductively with his glasses in his mouth. So, I, I mean. I could see it a little bit, you know, maybe not. Yeah, maybe I'm not. Maybe it's not for me, but I see the pose. I see, <laughs> oh, I see yeah. that side of him that, you know, he's got that tantric side. I could feel it. Oh, <laughs> he's <laughs> just holding back. There's just there's just heat coming off my laptop screen right now. 
Oh, did you see the picture? <laughs> he was the captain of the 1958 Regis High School basketball team. Uh, I'm trying to find his height, but that's all I can find. So I don't know. Him just little guy. I, I assumed he was a small man. Anyways, uh, Teresa, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Thanks for having me. This was very fun and nice to see you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's great seeing you. Uh, where can people find you, follow you? Uh, well, you can follow me online at Larissa T. And I've been hosting this live stream comedy show, as Jamie mentioned. Um, it's at another profile on Instagram called Comedy Quarantine. We do shows Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific. And we post the lineups there. And it's it's free, but people can tip the comedians and we give that to the comics. It's kind of a nice way to just keep things going in this weird very weird time. <laughs> yeah. And if you've ever wanted to go to a show that has a bunch of different Daily Zeitgeist guests on it, but you couldn't travel to LA, this is your chance. So go check it out. Yeah. You guys are hilarious. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. It's a tweet, but it's a video within a tweet. So I hope that's okay. But Jordan Mendoza, who I don't personally know, but I follow on Twitter and knows it seems cool and there's a lot of <laughs> people i know that i like i know i feel like weird shouting out someone i don't know as if they're gonna be like Why no no I, bitch, I bitch talking about me <laughs> i think i know the tweet you're talking oh you know about the tweet i love it yeah. okay <laughs> yeah he made a little video it's one of a very very short character video that's like every asian contestant on the bachelor and it's him like getting excited to be on the bachelor and then it immediately cuts to like well i've been sent home <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like because they they just don't make it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't do it justice. Watch it. He cries. It's fun. Yeah, it's at Jordy Pizza. Yeah. His restrained tears are they're <laughs> heartbreaking because he yeah the 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 twenty minutes later card to the smash cut to his watery eyes. Uh -huh. It's like well, so I'm going home. Um, she found out I was Asian pretty much right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Why did they do this to us? <laughs> uh miles where can people find you and what's tweet you've been enjoying oh man twitter instagram at miles of gray playstation network miles of gray uh let's see uh on my other show 420 day fiance with <laughs> the one and only sophie alexandra um let's see one well, I think what's funny actually was actually just that megan amram tweet I was gonna call out because it's it's so true. It's from like March. It's from March, but the coronavirus is a black light, and America is a cum-stained hotel room. That pretty that much sums it up. It's revealing the absolute worst parts of the country, and I hope it can be sobering enough that we can do something positive coming out of it. Anna Dresden tweeted, anytime you're like, oh, I should rewatch the pilot of a beloved comedy show three minutes in, it's like, hey, slut, I'm your boss. Wow, that ass making me R-word. <laughs> uh, and then Julian Smol Smolinski tweeted, honest question, how come when people I know get divorced, the woman gets funnier, sexier, and more confident, and the guy melts into a home refrigerated Subway sandwich? Uh... You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song We Ride Out on Miles. What's it going to be today? Easy listening, hump day, middle of the week. Just lean back, kick back. 
stay surviving. This track is called Dusty Conscience. Another another chill beat just to lay back to by Matt Large. Uh, yeah, nice. Just, you know, there's like a little nice little percussive sample in there, like little click sounds, good little tones, uh, melody, harmony. I'm just describing music very broadly now. But yeah, enjoy. It's laid back. <laughs> Low intensity. All right. It's like it's a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That does it for this morning. We're going to ride out on that, and we will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We will talk to you then. Bye. Bye.